simply because as a house, as a church, International Prayer Resort, the Lord has brought us a very long way. We are not that old, as a matter of fact, today, the 15th of April, 2018, is exactly seven months since this ministry started. Put your hands together to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our first Sunday service was on the 17th of September 2017. And today, that was the third Sunday of that month. And today being the 15th of April 2018, that is also the third Sunday of this month. It makes it exactly seven months. The number seven has always been interpreted as the perfect number. Meaning, if you have found yourself here in this house, God wants me to announce to you that he is about to perfect that which concerns you. Say the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. There are those of us who are expecting a seven day miracle. Receive it this morning. There are those of us who are expecting a seven week miracle. Receive it in the name of Jesus. There are those of us who are expecting a seven month miracle. Receive it in the name of Jesus. And there are those who have long-term vision and they're expecting that in the next seven years, like IPR, in the next seven years, we would have built not a revival tabernacle, but a revival cathedral. Receive it in the name of Jesus. As I receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Mark it anyway, I've prophesied and it shall come to pass. Hallelujah. So, I am standing before you and not on this stage and on, not behind this podium because... When God does his work in our lives, we should be able to identify the areas of God's speciality. That is not to say that God doesn't have interest in other areas we will call less special. No. But as far as God is concerned, remember God is spirit. Tell your neighbor, God is spirit. So God being spirit... When God wants to relate with his people, he prioritizes the spiritual above the physical, above the economical, above the social, above any other area of our lives. So as a house, I being the chief servant of this house, the Lord spoke to me clearly that, look, assuming this house was not set up the way you see it so beautifully, assuming this house was not set up. And then all we have is this stage and this podium. That would have been enough. Hallelujah. Tell you about that would have been enough. Do you know why? The reason is simple. The Bible says, if the first fruit is holy, the lamp is holy. In other words, the first fruit is the spiritual. If you set apart the spiritual, every other thing will fall in place. I want to announce to those of us who are looking for God's intervention in your situation. Don't seek the other things. He told us in Matthew 6, 20, 33, that seek ye first. Someone say first. 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall come side by side. It shall be added. The word added in the Greek word is to be given side by side. Once the spiritual is taken care of, every other thing will fall in place automatically. I want to announce to you because you are here for the spiritual, every other area of your life will fall in place automatically. Your marital life will fall in place automatically. Your career will fall in place automatically. Your health will fall in place automatically. Your visions, your aspirations, your dreams will fall in place automatically. Hallelujah. So as a house, until we prioritize the spiritual and dedicate the spiritual to God, every other thing we do here will not be different from what those out there do. For instance, I call this stage because until it is dedicated to God, we have entertainment stage, we have political stage, we have stages they call presidential days. Is that not so? We have, we have social stages, even a comedian stage. And then you have presidential podium. You have all kinds of podium in all spheres of life. But when an altar do I call it altar before it's dedicated? No. When a stage is dedicated to God, it ceases to be a stage. It becomes an altar. Someone say altar. Do you know what an altar is? An altar is a place of sacrifice. Tell you about altar is a place of sacrifice. Can I tell you the greatest sacrifice? The greatest altar is the cross of Jesus Christ. That is why at the backdrop of our stage here, you find the cross. Although it is not visibly seen, I believe very soon we will rectify it and you will see the full cross with a family gathering around that cross. We are a family. Tell you neighbor, we are a family. The Lord gave me a slogan as a house. We call it IPR family and you will respond, we are going places. IPR family. IPR family. Hallelujah. We are. You didn't say I am. We work as a family. So that is why you find a family around the cross. The greatest altar is the cross. Do you know why? Whenever an altar is erected, the one working on the altar or doing the sacrifice doesn't have his own mind any longer. He doesn't have his own intention any longer. He doesn't have his own ways. What I'm trying to say is that once an altar is erected for God, whatever you do on the altar must be according to God's will, God's purpose, God's intent, and God's agenda. Never you sanctify a place and call it an altar, and then you go over that altar and do your own wish and do your own will. It will be sacrilegious. In other words, it can call for your instant death. If God so wishes, hallelujah. And I, as the chief servant of this house, I, am, I have identified that once we set apart this stage and we call it the altar of God, as one that is to sacrifice on the altar, I cannot stand on this altar and do my own will. It will be dangerous, hallelujah. Are you there? It's very unfortunate that in our time and in our generation, we have used our soul to call, I mean, so to speak, altars to do our own bidding, to propagate our own intention, I mean, our political agenda 
economic agenda, and all kinds of mischievous agenda. But glory be to God, IPR is a different ministry, hallelujah. This is an end-time prophetic ministry with a person to help this generation work with God and prepare a people ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to follow the path of the master. Remember, I said the greatest altar is the cross. Why? Because, do you remember, Isaiah had prophesied 700 years before Jesus Christ came on the scene to come and die. Isaiah had prophesied that as a lamb led to the slaughter, he did not open his mouth. Hallelujah. When Jesus was led to the slaughter, he didn't have his own words. In fact, he could have been speaking. And do you know if Jesus had kept talking, he would have tamed death and therefore wouldn't have died because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Do you remember when they came to Gethsemane in the garden, they, he, Jesus, asked them, who are you looking for? Then they said, Jesus of Nazareth. When he told them, I am he, what happened to them? They all fell down boom, on the ground. That was the power of the words of the master. They stood up from the ground. Then he asked them again, who are you looking for? Then they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He told them, I am he. Then they fell down again, the groom. So from that moment, Jesus decided that I'm not going to talk again. Because so long as I keep talking, I will tame death. And his purpose for being born into this world was to come and die. So as a lamb led to the slaughter, Isaiah prophesied that he did not open his mouth. He kept quiet. The altar is a place where you don't have your own words, but the words of the master. You don't stand on an altar and propagate your own agenda. It is dangerous, especially in this end time. Are you hearing me, people of God? So for us as a church, and as those who are closely associated with this ministry, we decided, and I'm glad that all those who were invited, almost everybody, as it were, have I mean, has responded so beautifully and I believe at the appropriate time we can acknowledge the presence of people who have taken upon themselves to be closely associated with this ministry and to be a part of this dedication service. Hallelujah. As a church, before we do anything on this stage, we want to sanctify it, set it apart unto God and from that moment, it becomes an altar of God. Where anybody, and I mean anybody, including myself, will not mount this altar and do his own bidding. In fact, you will be caught in trouble for yourself. Hallelujah. Are you there? I'm not putting fear in you. I'm just telling you that we are in the end time. Are you there? Now, number two. Apart from the altar, we find a podium sitting. All these things were made from wood and other materials. You do not know what these materials have been initiated with or where they took the wood from. A brother was telling me that he used to go to the forest with his uncle and then they will fell trees. And there were trees that you will fell and the trees will not refuse to go down. So they have to perform sacrifices and some rituals so that the tree will respond to, you know, the ability to fall, you can imagine. <laughs> And that tells you that you don't take wood from the forest and mold something out of it and just call it your pulpit. It doesn't work that way. Until you set apart that podium unto God, it doesn't become a pulpit. What is pulpit, may I ask? A pulpit simply means pull from the pit. Someone say pull from the pit. 
You see, when we set apart this podium unto God, it's no longer a podium, it's a pulpit. Meaning that never you stand on this altar behind the pulpit and use the pulpit to push people down their pits. Mind you, people come from all walks of life. Some are in marital pits. Some are in health pits. Spiritual attack pits. All kinds of pits. People have found themselves in those avenues or circumstances. They come to church trusting that God will intervene in their situation. Then you dare stand behind the pulpit on the altar and use the pulpit instead of pulling them from their pit. You are now pushing them further than the pit. Hey, whatever a man sows, that is what he will reap. Hallelujah. Please, are you there? So, our responsibility this morning, before any other thing is done, glory be to God, as a church, without even the dedication, we still need to give God praise and worship. But as a church, we, we see it fit, we deem it appropriate that we join our faith together. And I'm glad that there are people of faith in this house, people who are anointed. Let me tell you something that is going to happen in this end time. Can I tell you? The Lord spoke to me so many years ago that the highest medium he is going to use in this end time is his word. Someone say the word of God. Are you there? The highest medium God is going to use in this end time is his word. There are various media that have been used to communicate the grace of God, to communicate the power of God, to communicate the intent of God. We have used all kinds of media like oil, we have used water, we have used, you know, wristbands, we have used, we have used tickers, we have used all kinds of media, handkerchiefs, aprons. Remember, somebody will say, but Paul used aprons and handkerchiefs. Don't forget, that was the first century church. 2100 years after Paul the Apostle, God expects you and I, or you and me, to mature. Hallelujah. He expects that we will come to the place where independent of any physical material, we will use his word. And his word will produce results. That is not to say that there is anything wrong when anybody uses oil, water, sticker, apron, or handkerchief. Never. I will never stand here and say that. Never. God still admits that we are not all at the same level of faith. There are those who are weak in faith. There are those who are strong in faith. And there are those who are strongest in faith. So God allows us sometimes because of the limitations of our faith to use media that will help. It is like the canal man, the man in the senses. He still wants to depend on what he will see before he believes, like the Thomas generation. Someone said the Thomas generation. Thomas said, until I see and touch and feel, I will not believe. That was Thomas. And God knows that even though we are in Christ Jesus, there are still people who are doubting Thomases. So he allows us to use oftentimes the media. But as we grow and mature, the highest medium God is going to use in this end time is his word. Someone say his word. The Bible says he sent forth his word to heal them from their diseases and to deliver them from their distractions. He sent his word. So, what are we going to do this morning? God's instruction to me is that don't use any medium. Train your people right from the onset how to depend on my word and my word alone. If God so chooses that at a point in time we should use any medium, why not? We are not religious people who say that by all means it must be this and this alone. No. 
But I am just telling you by revelation. Why? Because the anointing is resident in our spirit. Say the anointing is resident in my spirit. So what happens is that Bible says where the word of the king is, there is power. When you speak the word, you, your word becomes the vehicle that transmits the power from within you and wherever the word goes, so it is established. Are you there? Do you remember the centurion? The centurion was not an Israelite. He was a Gentile. And then he besought Jesus for healing of his servant. And then Jesus said, I will come. You just go, I will come. The centurion turned back to Jesus and said, Hey, master, me, I am a man under authority. I speak, go. And they have no choice than to go. Come. And they have no choice than to come. So you don't need to come under my roof. I'm not even ready for you to come under my roof. Just speak the word only. And it will happen. Jesus looked at the centurion and said, Wow. I've not seen this kind of faith. Not even in Israel. Hallelujah. In other words, that is the highest and the greatest kind of faith. And in this end time, you will operate the highest and the greatest kind of faith. I say in this end time, you will operate the, the, the highest and the greatest kind of faith. Somebody say amen. So, for those who were wishing that maybe we'll carry some oil or some water or some medium, forgive me if I don't do that in your presence this morning. I am following a divine instruction because this is the end time. Hallelujah. So will you permit me to ask that we all stand to our feet before anything is done, before we mount this platform and go behind the podium, we want to set it apart. And one beautiful thing about the word is that when you stretch off your hand in the direction of your word, so shall it be. Hallelujah. Will you send the word of God from your spirit today? I want us to, you are witnesses of God's faithfulness. You want to say, Lord, we set apart this house for your glory. Stretch your hands and begin to pray. Everywhere you are. Everywhere you are. As you speak, so shall it be. Believe in your word. Believe in the word that you are speaking today. Believe that what you say shall come to pass. Believe that the Lord is with you. Believe that He will not let your words fall to the ground. Whatever you say shall come to pass. We set apart this platform. We call it the altar of God. Where anyone that mounts this platform doesn't have his own mission, but God's mission. We set apart this platform. We call it the altar of God. Where nobody propagates his agenda. Whether it's political agenda, economic agenda, or any kind of agenda. This is not a social gathering. This is a spiritual house. We set apart this platform. From today, we call you the altar of God. And because you are the altar of God, the angels of God are released. The angels of God are released. The angels of God. God are released. The angels of God are released on this altar, strategically positioned to take their proper place. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that from this day forward, you cease to be an ordinary platform. You are altar, and I call you altar. Whatever Adam called creation, so it is till today. And therefore, I decree and declare you are called the altar of God. You are called the altar of God. You are called the altar of God, are called the altar of God. from here. 
shall come for the fires of revival. Revival shall flow from this altar into the ends of the earth, unto the ends of creation. I decree and declare out of this altar shall flow rivers of living water. Whoever stands on this altar will not do his, his bidding, but the bidding of the Lord, the counsel of the Lord will operate from this altar. The anointing of God will operate from this altar. The glory of God will operate from this altar. The power of God will rest on this altar from day to day. Anyone that come here and seek the face of God from this altar shall be released. The power, the answer, the grace, the glory, the anointing, results in the name of Jesus. Testimonies shall be birthed from this altar in the name of Jesus. Likewise, don't get tired, please. You want to stretch your hand towards the pulpit. We call it podium until we set, we set it apart. And once we set it apart, it becomes pulpit. And remember, I said pulpit means pull from the pit. You want to say that, Lord, as many as come to this house and are in one pit or the other, may they never go back, having found themselves worse than they came. Let it be a covenant that from this day forward, anyone that stands behind this pulpit will become an instrument of God to be used of God to pull people from their pits. Pits of sickness, pits of poverty, pits of hardship, pits of pain, pits of divorce, pits of uncertainty. Open your mouth, begin to speak the word of God that this pulpit, hey, we call you pulpit. 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 From this day forward, you are not an ordinary podium. You are a pulpit. Now from here, from this altar, and behind this pulpit, the grace of God, the anointing of God, the deliverance of God, the miracles of God, the breakthroughs of God, power shall flow from this pulpit. In the name of Jesus, there shall no evil before anyone that comes to contact here with this pulpit. I decree and declare that from this day forward, the anointing of God, the power of God, rests on this pulpit. The fire of revival, the fire of revival. Upon this topic, let the angels of God, the supervisor, IPR, let them position themselves strategically around this topic in the name of Jesus. And from this day forward, Jesus, we decree and declare, Amen. Kindly join your faith with me that this structure. It's now called the altar in Jesus. Amen. The altar of God. Jesus. That as many as run to this house and seek the face of God, they will live here with testimonies. 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 Thank you, Lord. From this day forward, Jesus, we call this podium Jesus pulpit. Yes, Lord. It doesn't matter the pit. Jesus. Any man, any woman. Yes, Lord. Any boy, any girl. Yes, Lord. Any human being. Yes, Lord. Must have found him or herself. Jesus. 
So long as you contact this pulpit, the fire of revival will revive your home, will revive your spiritual life, will revive your family, will revive your career, will revive your business, will revive your marriage, will revive. I call revival, revival. In the name of Jesus. And so shall it be. Yes. And nothing can change it. Jesus. I feel the anointing. Yes, Lord. I feel the anointing in this place. I'm standing in the river of life. Covenant keeping I feel the anointing in this place. There is no one like you. This is a house of covenant. God is always faithful, even when we are unfaithful. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we have chosen to walk faithfully with Him. How can two walk together except they agree? So as we walk faithfully with God, who is already faithful, it becomes a covenant. And He is a covenant keeping God. He will keep His covenant. 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 My covenant will I not break. Say yes, God of Ipia, you answer it by fire. God of Elijah, you are the covenant keeping God. There is no one like you. Covenant keeping God. Jesus, there is no one like you. Alpha and Omega. Oh, there is no one like you. Oh, covenant keeping God. Abraham, you are the one that makes nations. You are the revival making God. God of Elijah, we call upon your name. There is no one like you. Covenant King. It's a covenant keeping God. You are the covenant. He will not change his mind, even if you do. Come and keep your covenant. He's keeping his covenant in your life today. Come and keep your covenant. Yes. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are the covenant keeping God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are the covenant keeping God. Your name is Yahweh. 